hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk It's Strictly Munkin, the only show where we would be acceptable to TLC if they if they didn't want no funks. I don't know. It's season seven, really just scraping the bottom of the barrel. Season eight's gonna be a disaster. I'm one of your co-host, Jay Christie. Joined as always by Andre Barrow. Andre, how are you? Man, man, it's a hot one. It's hot as hell, man. I'm dying over here. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. It's not super hot in New York, but anytime I turn my fan, fan or air conditioning off, it's hot because it's just still air. And it's not, uh, you know. I'm, I'm also someone who gets hot very easily. Yeah, I should. So. I, I shouldn't bitch. It was only like 86 degrees today, so it's mm-hmm. like nothing really. No. Um, but anyway, that's why I do thing I love about, uh, and I have to mention this before, the fact that every building basically in Florida has central air conditioning is really just unbeatable. It's really like, the answer to how do you grow up in Florida with it being so hot is that you never walk into a building that's hot. The only thing you're ever hot is if you're outside. Like, whereas in New York, there's plenty of buildings you go into and it's like, oh, it's still hot in here. In Florida, that literally never happens. There's no one's house is hot. No one, no school was never hot. It's just because every building has central air. Yeah, you know, I, I get that. I wish it was the same in L.A. Yeah, but, uh, which is, that's yeah. what that's, I think that's a big difference. Go, fig- I, go figure, go. F- it's because L.A.'s buildings go are so much older. I moved into a, 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 yeah, I moved into like a renovated uh, building and um, the air conditioning is only like in the kitchen dining room area, not in the bedrooms. So there's I'm only like, one, there's wow. only one air conditioning? That's insane. Yeah. That's not in, in New York, basically any. Yeah. Like, my apartment, every bedroom has an air conditioning. There's two in the living room area. Um, yeah, just kind of... Anyway. Um, How do you guys divvy up the electric bill? Uh, just evenly. We could uh, okay. break it down, but, like, no. <laughs> it's, you know... Anyway, we're not here to talk about the electric bill. Alright. We're here to talk about... <laughs> I love how you say, alright, as if I'm talking to you. Like, I'm, that's the audience I'm saying that to. No, but we're here to talk about Mr. Monk Gets Hypnotized... Uh, an episode in season seven that I had only seen the one time it was on, and honestly, I think it was probably for good reason. I think whoever was choosing this indication made yeah. a good decision not to put it on a lot because uh, I don't like this episode at all. <laughs> yeah, no, it was very lacking. It's 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 definitely one of my least favorites. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, easily. Yeah. So we start off with a woman in a jewelry store, a woman named Sally Larkin. Hold on, wait, hold on, hold on a second. Let, before we get into it, okay. I just want to say right off the top, um, when you hear about an episode called Mr. Monk Gets Hypnotized, you get excited. You're like, okay, this is going places. This could be very fun. And it's just very disappointing that it actually goes for the very lowest common denominator yeah. of like stories that are like interesting. Yeah. Um, and that's it. We can yeah. move on. So we start off on a jewelry store. A woman named Sally is trying to sell off some jewelry. Uh, apparently it's very expensive jewelry though because they're like whoa we're just like a regular jewelry store you might want to send this to an auction house but she doesn't want it to be too public right um, she doesn't want the publicity and not only is she trying to sell the jewelry that she has on her but apparently she has a whole house full of plenty of more mm-hmm. so and so you know yeah they, they, they mentioned they mentioned that uh, you know if they can find a buyer they'll contact her and whatever and so she takes off and in the immediate aftermath of her leaving um you know the male jewel jeweler uh mentions like oh did you like happen to catch who that was because apparently she was uh, clearly not an actress that's of well-renowned now but apparently she had been famous in the past 
And uh, and apparently she happens to be married to like this big real estate mogul yes. guy, Aaron um, Larkin. Which I couldn't be more, ex- which I couldn't be more excited to see who plays in. Yeah, after. we'll get there. Um, that's also a big yeah. disappointment in this episode is that two of my favorite character actors alive are in it, and they both really don't have that much to do. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, Sally Larkin. She's made and they're in the middle of an acrimonious divorce. And then before they can discuss that, there's a scream. And. Uh, the uh, the car car door is wide open, and um, we go. Excuse me, we're recording this late at night. She go. We uh, we go to the theme song anyway. Then we go to the crime scene, and uh, her body her body's not there. There's no body. She's just missing. Correct. Um, but what they did find is they found a piece of her jacket, which mm-hmm. interesting how that happened, um, and then a broken one of her fingernails. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there seems to be some indication that there was a struggle, so clearly she was kidnapped. Um, yes. But there also there's something that's not on the crime scene, something going on in the sky. Uh, do you mind telling us what it was? I don't remember how the meme or the video went, oh. but it's a double rainbow. Uh, well, I mean, I remember the song version of it, which is double rainbow all the way across the sky. Yeah. So intense. That one. Um, I forget exactly how, but I remember the guy who did that died, so rest in peace to him. Um, but this is before that. Um, anyway, so there's a double rainbow. Have you ever seen a double rainbow in real life? I definitely have. Yes, honestly, I don't want to be like Monk, but they're like, cool, but it's definitely not, it doesn't make me happy to be alive. Um, you know, like, that's a high threshold, you know. Um, I think that also not just will the Florida card again, but it rains so fucking much in Florida, I think I've probably seen like, three or four. Like, it's not... That crazy. I mean, yeah. I, honestly, I think the meme video ruined it for me because before I'm probably been like, "Hey, that's super cool." Yeah. But now I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. Now, if I saw a triple rainbow, that would still be pretty cool. Wouldn't make me happy to be alive because once again, I live for things beyond what's in the sky. Um, I'm trying to think what makes me happy to be alive. You know, maybe a good rack of ribs. Anyway, um, so. You know what makes me very happy, and yeah. it's a it's a treat that I was deprived of yesterday when I went to IKEA. Uh, their lingonberry tea. Mm, I never had it. I'm not a big tea it, guy, but uh, well, sure. no, it's it's not it's not actually like tea. It's more like a brisk raspberry iced tea. It's similar okay. to that, um, and uh, you know, as a result of everything that's still going on, uh, they, they still don't have the fountains going. Where uh, what did you buy at uh, IKEA? Did you buy any like Voltusdolks? I'm trying to make it an IKEA word, and I couldn't. Yeah, no, it's, uh, we actually were in the market for, like, a TV console, uh, or, like, uh, some cabinets, something to put away stuff in the living room, but, uh, everything is temporarily out of order, or not out of order, out of stock, so, not great. Damn, man. You know what's a real mindfuck is the Ikea in Brooklyn, because it's just, like, it is, because it serves out in New York City, and it is... The room that, because you know in Ikea, they have obviously like the, the floor, but then they have like the warehouse room where you get everything. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Like the, that part? It, yeah, yeah. It is as big as the place that the Ark of the Covenant goes in Indiana Jones. Like it is so massive. Really? I haven't yeah. seen it. What part of Brooklyn is it? Uh, in, I think, like Red, Red Hook? Hook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I only went there, I went there when I first moved to New York, like, actually no, not when I first moved to New York, I think like my third year there, but I went there with my mom one day. Um, and, uh, of course, this is the crazy thing about it, is they weren't delivering, which is like, we live in New York, we don't have a car, <laughs> how the fuck are we, how is, is anyone that's true, that's supposed true. to get stuff from Ikea? You would think that every, that Ikea had to deliver in New York, <laughs> like, who are they selling to? Anyway, um, 
So, Natalie notices the double rainbow. She's very excited about it. Natalie doesn't want to look. I just want to point out, the store that they're in front of, not the jewelry store. Oh, I love this, yes. It's called Indiana Jones, but J-O-A-N apostrophe S. You notice that? Yeah, I did notice that, and I actually wrote it down, and that's fucking hysterical to me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Monk looks at the double rainbow, and he is he very enthused about it? No, he's, uh, you know, he's... I mean, I guess we shouldn't be too surprised by the fact that he's uh, less than thrilled with, uh, you know, natural wonders, let's just say. Yes. And also, it's not symmetrical, you know, well, it's not equal. So there's really a double rainbow. It's like 1.67 times a rainbow. Um, and anyway, Natalie's sorry for him. Um, but, uh, you know, they then he goes up to the crime scene, and they learn about Aaron uh, Larkin, who apparently owns half the city, which, uh, you know, so he's a real big Especially- shot. Especially Fisherman's Wharf. Yeah. yeah. Pretty big uh, piece of real estate. Yeah. And apparently, you know, Sally went in there, said she thought she was being followed around 8.30, etc., etc. So it's clear that they're setting up that this guy might have kidnapped her in some way because she was afraid of him. But before we get through that, your good friend, your actual, I think he's, I think he's your emergency contact, Harold Crenshaw, shows up and he is a ball of light. Yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's, no pun intended, he's seen the light, he's, uh, he has a new therapist, but not the kind that you compete with about, with after the fact, because I believe a couple episodes, or no, a few episodes ago, he mentioned that he had a better therapist in Yes, yes. Um, but this clearly must be a different one, or maybe, I don't know how that it's works out. It's a different out. one. It, yeah. um, time, it doesn't matter in a show like this. Right, uh, but anyways, yeah, he has a new therapist, but this therapist has a little... A little thing that makes it very particular. He's a hypnotherapist, which yes. I'm not familiar with the track record on how that works in reality. I just imagine it's some kooky... Like, it's that, from what I understand, this... Well, one, this is just a completely incorrect portrayal. A hypnotist can't make you act, like, out of character for more than a short period of time. And you're, like, it's not... And there's... A hypnotist can't, in, like, one session, make you act in such a way that can't be broken out of for more than, like, five minutes. Like, that's just not possible. Um, your brain will eventually recover. And also, the thing about Dr. B- that Dr. Bell says later on, where, like, we can't break him out, like, that's just not true. Um, okay, yeah. Hypnot- hypnotism is not that, that powerful. Anyway. But hypnotherapists hypnot- have been able to do things like help people quit smoking, or like things really? that are like yes that are like um, habitual things that um, you know like the idea with quitting smoking is like you get someone to associate quitting smoking with bad things so then whenever they still want to smoke subconsciously they think about those things which is different than changing the way that they act do you know what I mean okay yeah okay for sure I ooh that's a good I mean maybe I should consider that to stop my jeweling. I mean, yes, you, it's, it might be. I've thought about going to a hypnotherapist before uh, for some stuff, but it's just kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm, I don't think I'm willing to give myself over enough. But it, I'll say this. I think that there, it's not completely bullshit, I don't think, but it definitely is not the way that's portrayed in this. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I figured, I figured Monk wouldn't be the best place for reference. No, of course not. I mean, it, it, they're basically doing the same thing as office space, you know. Um, right. And uh, so, you know, Harold, he's marveling at the double rainbow. He feels so great about everything. He's like, I'm results-oriented now. I'm, he fixed me, this guy, Lawrence Kleiman. Um, and he basically skips away from the crime scene. 
and he's just he's fixed as far as you can tell you know yeah yeah i mean um i don't know how this is going to play out later on um as it goes but as the episodes keep going but well it doesn't play out at all i mean it's over you think that they're going to reference this later come on this is bunk (laughs) okay well nonetheless it's still nice to see him uh be a warm character as opposed to just a vindictive asshole yes so then they show up at aaron larkin's house and uh randy he's got something to offer and it's not his mixtape yeah, I, I want some of this desperately. Uh, yeah, apparently he's been exp- he bought a kit to make your own mints or gum. No, his own gum. It's Disher Mint gum. Okay, okay, right. Um, which is that a thing? Do we yeah, know? Yeah, you definitely can buy kits to make gum. That that I, I don't even need to look that up. That's hundred percent true. 100% okay, true. fine. Um, I love the name for it. I think it's very catchy. Um, unfortunately for him, uh, you can't just have a catchy name. You have to have gum that actually tastes okay. Yes, apparently it tastes like tar, to the point that uh, Stalmer spits it out onto the ground of Aaron Larkin's floor, which is important. Um, and then Aaron Larkin showed up, played by, I think, our collective favorite actor, Henry Zerny. Um, this is relevant yeah. because when we did the Mission Impossible podcast on my Marvel podcast Patreon, which you should subscribe to if you want to hear that, I think that Andre and I had the longest Henry Zerny conversation anyone's ever had. Like, I don't think his parents, when they were just, like, talking about him before he was born, I don't think they ever talked about him as long as we did. Because he's just, I mean, he's incredible in Mission Impossible. He doesn't have that much to do in this, but he's always good. Right. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think we were mostly waxing poetic about the, his pronunciation ah, pronunciation skills. And he's, in this, he definitely has some of it. He's good, I mean... I think it's just the way he talks at this oh, point. Oh, it is. Like, yeah, it's just like, yes, you know, that she was a really troubled woman. And I wish she would have gone missing before I married her. Like, he's just great. <laughs> just I- if it, Oh, he sounds basically like, uh, you know, now that you just said it like that, and maybe that's just your impression of it, but he basically sounds like the Mandarin from Iron Man 3. Oh, a little bit. uh, The cadence, yes. Obviously not the accent, but yes. There definitely is like the... um, Honestly, what he sounds like to me is Agent Smith in The Matrix, is the way that he... Okay, oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. like, and I love Hugo Waving, but I think The Matrix would have been equally good if it was Henry Zoni instead. Um, Mr. Anderson... Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. So, uh, this guy, it's kind of ironic that Aaron Larkin isn't the murderer, because he could not seem less interested about his wife Pop probably being dead. Right, but he also plays it off, and like I don't know if it's just because we like Henry Zerny, um, but it also seems like he, he legit doesn't care about her, and oh, yeah, he wants yeah. to have her dead. Exactly, yeah. That's that. I think that, and that's what we were, we're supposed to eventually gather. It's like, oh, he's not acting like this because he hates her. He does hate her, but he's acting like this because it's like... Okay, if she's dead, like, we're getting divorced anyway, which is, of course, horrible. He's, you know, being sociopath about it. But, um, anyway. Uh, yeah. Monk and Natalie pull, like, Monk pulls Natalie aside, and they're talking about the hypnotism, um, about how Harold looked unhappy. Um, and as it's going on, Stalmer's, like, coming over to consult with Monk. Yeah. And apparently, Aaron says he never left the house last night, which Monk's, of course, knows is a lie. Why? Uh, he knows it's a lie because of the umbrella that happens to be by the door, which is monogrammed with his initials, which is still wet, and mm-hmm. it rained last night, so clearly he must have been out. Yeah. And Natalie doesn't want Monk to do the hypnotherapy because she considers it a shortcut, and that, like, it doesn't work, and that it could be bad, and she's like, at least talk to Dr. Bell before you do anything, and he's like, no, no, Dr. Bell just wants to talk, he just wants to know about my mother and all that. Um, not only like, does he say, oh wait, no, that's God. not, is that right now? No, that's not right now. Never no. mind. And, and, and he, all I've been doing is talking for 11 years. Um, 
Which, fair enough, I get it. Like, the thing is, I mean, I don't know what the whole process is. Like, obviously, I've, I've only been in therapy for very few things, but um, I don't know if, like, after 11 years, would you have this frustration? It depends on a lot of things. I think right. that the problem ultimately is, and this is me speaking very much from experience, because I've been in therapy, I was in the last two years of high school and then my halfway through my freshman year of college, so I've been in therapy for, I've been with the same therapist for six years now, um, and I think there's a couple things that happen. One, you're a horrible judge at telling that you've changed yourself. Like, it's just almost impossible to. Right, you know? right, right, right. Which is, um, because, like, my, uh, my therapist will tell me all the time, like, if I'm, uh, if I'm mad about stuff about something, she'll be like, Jake, when I first met you, you wouldn't even do, like, six steps all the way to this. And I think that that's important. Which, if anything, I think that that's something that Dr. Kroger didn't do enough of, is being like, hey, when I first met, reminding Monk, like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. you couldn't leave your house. Because that is, like, maybe I just need that. But also, I yeah, think... Yeah, you need milestones. I think that the thing that caught my eye was when Harold talks about his therapy being results-oriented. Because while I think there are therapeutic things you can do that are results-oriented, if you go into therapy being like, I'm going to solve this thing, you're going to be disappointed. That's just not how your mind, people's minds work. You know what I mean? Like, it's a process. Mm-hmm. You get better at stuff. Like, there are things that I'm better at than I used to be, but I'm not... I haven't solved any of my problems so much, you know what I mean? Whereas I've just gotten better and things have gotten easier. And, yeah, I think so. I think ultimately, yes, you can get frustrated. And there have been times where I've been a little bit frustrated um, with it. But, like, I also I think it goes in fits and starts, too. Like, I would say in this past year of therapy, or maybe a little longer than the past year, I've probably felt like I've gotten more progress done than, like, then in the two years before that. But that's just kind of how it works. I don't know. I understand Monk's frustration, but I also understand that, like, if you go into a therapy situation being like, I, this is not a success unless I solve this specific thing, then you kind of defeat the purpose of going to talk therapy to begin with. Right. No, for sure. Anyway. Um, so, Monk is in sweeping the floor, and he kind of has, like, a, two flashbacks of how bad it felt to not enjoy the double rainbow. Hold on a second. Okay. Also, he's like sweet. Okay. I don't know what time it is. It seems like it's the middle of the night, but he's like sweeping as far as at like at nighttime. Um, and so, yeah, he, he wants basically what Harold has. So he takes it upon himself to take, uh, you know, call that doctor and set up an appointment for the next day. And, uh, and sure as he's done, like recently, you know, when he says he's going to do something, he does it. So we go straight there the next day. And the doctor, Dr. Kleiman, is, of course, played by the lovely Emily Richard Schiff, one of my favorites. Um, uh, do you know, what, what, are you familiar with the work of uh, the oeuvre of Richard Schiff? Um, wasn't he the guy in Jurassic Park 2 that gets killed? I th- Yes, but, I mean, he's most famous for... <laughs> for the West Wing, yeah. yeah. On the West Wing. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. my favorite character on the West Wing, that's Josh Lyman, but I think he gives... I think he is the best actor in the West. In terms of his performance on the West Wing, I think he is does the best acting on the West Wing. It's a very controversial take on a show that has like Martin Sheen and John Spencer and Bradley Whitford and Allison Janney. Um, Who the fuck is John Spencer? He played the chief of staff. He died in the last season, but he's like unbelievable. Um, you'd recognize right. him. He pees the short guy that Sean Connery dangles over the building in The Rock. Um, but anyway, don't remember that. Uh, but okay, yeah. no, no. So I so the birthday that I went to today was for my former coworker who was a big wing nut. Mm-hmm. That's not. And, the, uh, I mean, I, I'm. I don't. I would never call myself. She I mean, refers I, it to that. I love the West Wing, but I never would publicly say that because I know how how many problems it has as a show. Yeah. Well. Anyway, so I brought up the fact that my pod partner in mm-hmm. my my life in my life, um, mm-hmm. 
he's a big wing nut as well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, he mentioned that there's this one episode that he like refuses to watch because he thinks it sucks or whatever. And she thought that it was the one where Alice and Johnny goes to Ohio to deal with her. No, the long goodbye is also bad too, but I've watched that twice. That one's okay. not good. It's because she, yeah, because she goes to Ohio because her dad has Alzheimer's, and then she goes back to her high school reunion and hooks up with Matthew Modine. That's not good, but it's not, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, because with the West Wing, when you rewatch the West Wing, you really only rewatch the first four seasons because then Aaron Sorkin left. Um, and I think that season, the six, second half of season six and season seven are good in a different way. It's like a different show. But season five is pretty rough, and the beginning of season six is pretty rough. Um, but anyway, yeah, the long goodbye is not good either. But I've watched it twice, whereas I've only watched. Access what's the, What's the episode that you hate? A- Access, it's called. Okay. okay. It's season five. Um, anyway, so R- Richard Schiff, Dickie Schiff, um, is the hypnotist, and he's trying to get Monk to relax, you know, to unclench, um, and to just like let go, you know, doing hypnotist stuff. I mean, anyone who's ever seen hypnotist. He's doing all the stuff that hypnotists do. He says, leap in a net will appear. And of course, Monk has to wonder who Annette is. Is that the thing that... I'm sorry, I, I don't know what hypnotists do. No, right? I mean, I don't, know like, if they, I don't know if they say that phrase. It's not, they don't have the same phrases, but just generally the idea of like letting go and using metaphors like that is kind of how hypnotists operate. Um, okay. okay. And, uh, you know, they're taking a trip back in time, you know, and he's... He wants to go back to the time where he was happy. So first he goes to refuse with Trudy, but of course that doesn't work because Monk's afraid he's going to lose Trudy. And then they go back to high school, and that doesn't work either. Yeah, because he doesn't want to climb the gym rope. Which I've always been super I've always been super curious about how well I would do because obviously that was not something that my gym class ever yeah, did. Yeah, I was going to say that too. When did they stop doing that? Because I feel like we've talked about this before, how any TV show or movie that has anything in a high school is always like 20 years behind. So I feel like through like the 2000s, people were still doing that in movies and TV. And it's like, I've never met a single person who actually did that. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, I've, I mean, we don't live in the Midwest, so I know a Sadie Hawkins dance isn't a thing that happens out here either. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't But at least apply, I know but... that that's a thing that still happens. Like, I never met a person who actually has done... If, okay, right into the show, if you had to do that rope thing, we have to climb up in a gym class. In the last 20 years. Yeah, yeah, um, So anyway, they go back. He's like, just let's go back before the fear. Which, of course, we kind of already know, just because you know Monk's life, oh, this isn't good. He's going way too far back. Um, because uh, Monk has been afraid his whole life. And he gets a right. smile. And uh, then we're off. And, so and this, st- is where, this is where the suck starts. Yeah. Uh, so Stalmar's leading a search, and Monk is like, he's rambunctious, and he's like, let's run around, etc., etc. Um, yeah, I don't know. If they're looking for something unusual, uh, and Monk asks, what will we win if we find the body? He's just, he's cl- it's very obvious what's going on. So it's kind of like, you kind of just like, let's get to the point where at least the other characters know that he's six in his mind, you know? Right, 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 right. Yeah, so they're doing all that, and Natalie is wondering what's going on with him because he's like suggesting climbing trees, which, as we all know, Monk would never choose to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, he's, he's suggesting a bunch of other like little kitty kind of activities and stuff. And eventually, like they come across like a pond area, and Monk, you know, stops everybody because he's found something. And uh, is it a clue? I'm no, I don't think so. Um, he finds a he finds a frog, and uh, proceeds to get HPV from it. So thanks mm-hmm. a lot, Hoppy. Yep, exactly. He calls him Hoppy, um, and he, thankfully there's a shoebox in Natalie's car because if not, that would be a bad situation. Um, 
and uh, we go to Larkin's office. And have Monk, you ever had? Have you ever touched a frog? By the way, no, I've never touched a frog. Um, I was. Uh, I don't know if this surprises you. I've been neurotic my entire life. <laughs> there okay, was never. Well, I, I, I have like a. I touched a. I don't know. I don't know if this is related, but I definitely touched a frog when I was younger, mm-hmm. and I've been getting a wart on that hand mm-hmm. in different places. Every like. I mean, I don't like, know how real that is. I think that's a real thing. Are you sure? It was, a, was it a frog or was it a toad? I don't know. Okay. Was it near water? Yes. Then it probably was a frog. Um, I mean, there were a lot of frogs in Florida. Uh, there are two different types of frogs. It was like and, a rough one. And that probably a toad then. Uh, but there are two different types of frogs in Florida. There's tiny ones, which are the invasive species. Uh, and then there are the big Cuban ones, which are white, which are a lot rarer, that uh, eat those ones. Um, but, they eat uh, other frogs. They do. They can. They don't always. They're normally. They normally both eat. But there's actually where I'm from, Florida. There's a shocking amount of frogs to the point where like you, uh, like and the small ones, which are like the more common ones, even though the invasive ones, they're mm-hmm. um, they're around so much, but they don't make a ribbiting sound. You, th- the sound they make sounds like almost like a grasshopper or something like that. So there's kind of just like a like a I can't really do the sound because it's a grasshopper sound, but constantly. And I remember when I first went on the floor, I was like, wow, there must be a must of grasshoppers, and there are a bunch of grasshoppers. But no, the frogs just make a shit ton of noise. That's Jay Christie's frog corner. Um, Thank you. Anyway, uh, it's apparently the secretary's birthday, and Monk asks, as any six year old would, how old are you? Over or under a hundred? Yeah, you know, not not anything you ever want to do to a, a woman is ask uh, their age. Uh, I've learned that the hard way as well. Um, at a way later age in life, which I don't know if that's worse. That's definitely worse that I did that. Wait, how uh, old was the person? Uh, oh, no. Well, they were like... Uh, oh, you were at a later age in life. Okay, I was thinking that the yeah, person yeah, yeah. was like 80. Because yeah, yeah, I no. feel like there also is a point where if a woman's like 88, then I think it's okay again. Because like, she, then there, she's proud of how old she is. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah um, right. Anyway, that uh, so they they talk to um, they talk to Aaron, uh, who they bring up how Sally said she was afraid for her life, and they get a list of all the properties that Aaron owns, and it's brought in by his assistant named Emily. So therefore, it's Emily's list. Um, and uh, Monk is you know looking around and I'm, I'm sorry, is that a reference that I should get? Emily's list is a website. It's like it's a we're uh, Emily's no Emily's list is um fuck what is Emily's list? Angie's You're thinking list of Angie's list? No, bro. no, but Emily's list is a thing. Emily's list is oh Emily's list is the can is the uh, pack that tries to elect women candidates. That's what it is. I knew it was a thing. Ah, uh. okay. I was thinking Angie's list, but I, but I, the reason I was thinking that is because Emily's list is a thing. Um, okay. Right. Anyway, Monk is uh poking around but then he makes an observation even though he's six he still is monk and what's his observation um his observation is that um aaron and emily are a thing yes they Um, know each other in the biblical sense correct uh they're sex they're having a sex affair they know uh, they are familiar with carnal knowledge on each other correct and uh the reason he knows that or like you know aaron is very interested like how the fuck did you know that and he says it's because uh, he drank from her water bottle and he wasn't afraid of her cooties. So uh-huh, exactly. that's where we're at now. I do love that Monk says that you want, that you want to get, you want to marry her and go on a honeymoon and kiss, you know, because Monk is yeah. just six. So Monk sees a candy machine and he wants seven dimes and a nickel from Natalie to get some uh, chocolate covered pretzels, which honestly, good seven choice. dimes and a nickel or More. three quarters or a hammer. Mm-hmm, exactly. 
uh, and uh, Natalie's like, do you need to talk to Dr. Bell? And of course he says, oh, talk to Dr. Smell. Um, yeah, love that. Love That's probably my favorite part of this episode. Yeah, uh, and of course, um, Natalie is like, oh my god, you went to the therapist. How old are you right now? And Monk answers the way that a six and a half year old... Well, actually, maybe... Maybe he answers the way that a six and a half year old probably would answer, but maybe not. I think most six and a half year olds are like, I'm six and a half, or I'm this many. Yes, correct. Um, he doesn't say, he never says the age, right? No, he says, how old are you? Right. And then he, she asks again, and he says, that's for, you, that's for me to know and you to find out. Um, just... <sighs> and uh, yeah, but like it gets her. I'll say this. I did notice one thing about this scene. Um because obviously I'm not a huge fan of this episode, but he uh, he manages to break her down enough for her to call him Adrian. Yeah. Which yeah. is nothing to, to sniff at. Mm-hmm. And so then we see Sally escape from somewhere and flag down a car, because she's still alive. Um, but we cut to the monk's apartment, and Dr. Bell, Natalie, uh, Stavon, and are there, and uh, Monk is devouring some pancakes. Um and, uh... Alright. What's your power rankings? Well, I don't really... You know, want to, out, of the three, out of the three. I don't really want to think about it, given that, as we discussed off-pod, I did just get diagnosed with a disease that means I can't uh, eat this ever again. But, 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 French toast, waffles, pancakes. Okay, I'm glad you said that, because I'm, like, I'm a French toast guy number one, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is gluten-free bread, but, like... Because my mom has celiac disease, I know what gluten-free stuff tastes like, and gluten-free bread's not that good. <laughs> so, okay. Right. Anyway, um, but actually, gluten-free waffles are pretty good though. So that I'll, I'll, I'll probably have to become a waffles guy, which I'm not that happy about. But I like—I'll say this: the gap between waffles and pancakes to me is bigger than the gap between French toast and waffles. I think pancakes are really overrated. I think they got to be really good in order to be good. Like, I think an average pancake is much worse than an average French toast or average waffle. I. Probably agree with you, yeah. Because I've just had a lot of, like, especially homemade ones, I've had a lot of shitty homemade pancakes. Whereas, like, a waffle is almost always good. At, like, a hotel, if you get a waffle maker at a hotel, like, that's always, I've never been dissatisfied with that. Yeah, no, fair enough. And, and French toast, I think, is, like, at home, you can make freaking dynamite French toast. Or a good challah bread French toast. You ever have the freaking Cracker Barrel challah bread French toast? The country boy breakfast? I never, I've never, I've never oh, been my to goodness uh, gracious. Cracker Barrel. You're not a country boy with a country boy breakfast? No, never. I've, I've, I've lived in a city where they had one, but I never went. I mean, I think the country where breakfast, too, was like $8, and you get, like, two gigantic pieces of hollow French toast, eggs, bacon, and, like, a drink. Man, that place is affordable. I, I have <laughs> been to Waffle House, though. I yes, have done yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so Monk, apparently his mom didn't make pancakes, and he feels like this is a dream come true. And Dr. Bell is, in a way that I don't really like, kind of, like, snippy to Natalie, like, you should have called me before this even happened. It's like, what was... T- before my, my, she didn't know Monk was going to go behind her back. Right, and he's an adult. Like, she's not... I mean, I know she does a lot for him, but yeah. she's not his keeper. Like, Yeah. And apparently Dr. Bell's been cleaning up Dr. Kleinman's messes for a while. Um, and uh, he's unable to snap him out of it. And this is where he says that emotionally, Monk is about six and a half. Yeah, he's about six and a half. And um, he's... But, like, in some weird way, he's aware of his situation Um, and this is some sort of uh, wish fulfillment scenario being played out yeah it's Um, it's not like a time travel situation where he's like oh my god why am I so big you know what I mean like he's not like it's not not the movie big it's not exactly not the movie big Uh, it's not a reverse big Um, 
But uh, apparently the cure is basically that he'll eventually just snap himself out of it. Um, as long as you stick to the routine. Yeah. And as this is happening, Monk is having a syrup emergency, and he tosses the syrup bottle like a grenade, which I think is funny. Um, and, uh, I mean, the thing is, this episode's not good, but I do... I, I, Tony Shalhoub had a good time, so that's nice. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, I agree with that 100%. Um, and Disher gets a phone call, and they just found Sally in Sonoma County. Yeah, not only did they find Sonoma County, but apparently Disher mints are going to be uh, carried across uh, your local uh, favorite uh, grocery chain, so that's good. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Disher mints. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, and he's rich. So Monk wants to come. And they say, no, how about you just draw us a picture? But Dr. Bell's like, you should try to bring him because it will help him be back in the groove, like, to get back. And he wants to bring Hoppy. And honestly, that's, you know, Hoppy seems like a good guy. I have no complaints about Hoppy. Um, he just, he's just my yeah. own. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly kind of, like, feel bad for him because he's stuck in a shoebox for, like, yeah. the majority of the episode. But, yeah, uh, yeah I like Hoppy. There's Big actually, there's Hoppy. not, there's, I'm glad that there's not, like, a bit where Hoppy gets out. and he, Like, that would have been annoying. And, I mean, this episode's already annoying. Um... Big fan of Hoppy, not a big fan of Slippy, if you remember You mean Slippy, Slippy from Star Fox? Yeah. Do a barrel roll, that guy? Yeah, no, I think it was a different guy that said do a barrel roll. Oh, okay, but, uh, well, right, yeah, you're right, you're right. You're right, you're right. Slippy, Slippy was a complainer. Yeah, Slippy was a freak, he was a freaking punk. Um, yeah. Shots at Fox McCloud is a dope name, though. Like, let's just be honest. Um, I mean, if I had a cat, and, and just from you even saying that name right now, like, we're going to get a cat, but it's going to be a girl if we get it. Because we're like we have we're talking with somebody right now, I can't even Fox McCloud now. No, you can't. You can't. Um, but uh, anyway, um, yeah. So apparently, Aaron Larkin is dead, and we learned from a news report that she was cha- that Sally was chained up in a cabin, and she ended up getting free and killing Aaron. Um, and as this news report is going on, Monk is in the background trying to show Hoppy, um, and uh, we see the crime scene, and um, Monk tries to do the thing. That I feel like every child, when they see a cop, thinks about doing, and he tries to grab his gun. Right. Uh, he tries to do that, uh, but not only that, he, uh, he, he tries to give a, a little kid version of, here's what happened. Yes, which I think that this, the, the flashback bit is funny. I, I did enjoy. Where, because yeah. basically, uh, Aaron's like, uh, pants are a little bit down, and you can see his boxers in his butt. Um, right, and apparently he he she didn't kill him. He killed himself out of embarrassment well, because yes. she saw his hiney. Because in like the here's what happened. You see, it's like he was taunting her, and it's like him eating a sandwich and like pretending to give it to her, and then doing like the <gasps> thing. Yeah, blowing and, raspberries. And it's like, and apparently he went overboard, and he um, and he accidentally his pants fell down, and he knew what he had to do since she saw his hiney, and so he takes a piece of wood and hits himself over the head because yeah. she saw his hiney. Yeah, I did like that. That was funny. Um, Yeah, you know. uh, I guess I'm trying to think back to when I was a kid and to think if I would have been embarrassed by my underwear being shown. Yeah, I probably would have. Because, I mean, I wore briefs way too long, so... (laughs) It's just just a true fact about me. You do it to yourself, man. You do it to yourself. No, I do I know. I I know that's saying embarrassing. How old old were you when you stopped? Ten. Oh, that's not so bad. I thought you were going to be like through high school or something. No, 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 no. Um, but uh, it definitely was a little too long. I definitely was the last of my brothers. Um, I just was afraid to change, you know? I, I mean, I wore high socks for too long. I didn't wear, like, regular socks until I was, like, 13, 14. 
I just was, I was afraid to change at all times. Um, you you were the anti drip king. I and I've always been. I dress the best I've ever dressed in my life, and I still dress like shit. Um, it really is a problem. By the way, folks, when the first time I met Jake, he was wearing a Jetty Osmond Cleveland Cavaliers T-shirt. So. I was. That was a birthday present for my brother. Um, big fan of my guy Jetty. Um, hope he's doing. So well. is my wife because he's Turkish. Yes. Um, yeah, big fan. Macedonian Turkish. Yeah, no, but he plays for Turkey. I'm aware. He's, he was Correct. born in North Macedonia. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, so Sally's getting interviewed a bit in the bullpen, and Monk is there acting a fool. Um, and, and she, and she, to her credit, she plays being down bad extremely well. Yes. Uh, and But he, Monk immediately accuses her of being a liar, making a bunch of fart noises, because she's like, there's no way she could have spent three days in that cabin. Because of course. By the way, by the way, we also did her a very we did Dina Meyer a disservice disservice by not even okay. mentioning that she's who's playing Sally Larkin. What, what's I your just, big reference for her? Okay, well you know what it's gonna be. Oh, I forget what is what is Jim Twippy? Uh, uh, no, no, not yeah, at all. It's actually choice. like it's like one of the first uh, like movies that I saw like a topless woman in Starship Troopers. Oh right. Right, I forgot that she did. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. The name didn't escape me. Right, um, so it was a very formative uh, time in my life. Let's just say. I don't remember. I, I actually remember exactly the first movie I saw a topless woman in was my dad had. I was like ten, and my dad was watching Encore. You know that like movie channel that's like not HBO. I don't know how. I don't know. If right. Yeah. 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 And it was the Woody Allen movie Bananas. Like before Woody Allen, when Woody Allen was just making like straight up comedies, and there's a yeah. bit where he reads a porno mag, and I remember that was the first time I ever saw a topless woman in a movie. Anyway, um, that movie is Woody Allen. Is that the only Woody Allen movie I've ever seen? Because by the time I got old enough to want to watch his other movies, I'm like, I don't really feel like supporting Woody Allen. But uh, that movie is very. I wish I, I wish I could say the same, but I've never seen. I've never seen um, Manhattan. Because that's about seen... him dating a 17 year old. <laughs> also that, but I mean, I, I guess I, I don't know what it's about. Um, and then what's that famous movie? The the really famous. Annie one. Hall is the the his most. Famous I've never movie. seen that. I've never seen. I that. mean, I've never seen it. Like I said, I've never seen any of his movies besides Bananas, which I didn't even see from start to finish. But um, yeah, there's just there's a bit of I always remember where it's uh, him and his new wife have sex like for the first time after they get married, and like not Howard Cosell, but a Howard Cosell type is interviewing afterwards <laughs> by the bed. It's like a spoof movie, which you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like before he started just making movies about being neurotic. Anyway, so uh, he Monk says that she couldn't spend three days in a cabin because there's no TV, so that's impossible. Um, right. Not unfair, and. Um, Monk then is taping his head up with uh, the tape dispenser, um, and uh, but it is yeah. very notice- notable to to point out that he is half right about the situation. Mm-hmm. She did loosen up a floorboard and she did knock him the fuck out. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So um, then Monk has a new reason why she's a liar because a girl can't beat up a boy. Right. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. I'll, that's yeah. He does say that, which. Uh, you know, not very PC, but okay. Um, but anyways, also she, you know, she's trying to show off a little bit of her evidence. So she shows off the bruising on her ankles from like the shackles that she was held in, and um, and uh, what was the other thing? Was that was that the only thing? Oh yeah, just the, oh yeah, it's just that. And in the middle of her showing off the shackles, Monk notices that she's got a piece of gum stuck on the bottom of mm-hmm. her shoe. Yes. Now, did I think this was going to matter? No, not at all. And it's, like, kind of fucking cheap that this is, like, the biggest clue of them all. Yeah, it is. Uh, especially because... We'll get to it. 
Um, yeah. And so uh, Monk asked Disher how much for me to eat that, and Disher says five dollars, which is definitely that's low. I would have definitely. Yeah, I would not have done that for uh, no, twenty no, no, bucks. No, maybe. no, no. What I'm saying is, if I'm Disher, I'm gonna. I would want it. I'd be willing to pay more than five dollars to see that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And so Monk, uh, you know, eats it and then says she's a liar, liar, Stottlemyer, um, which is funny. And then, and then love, he calls her. And then he yeah. calls her facelift, which is funny. That's not Jesus good. Christ, it's man! It's not good, but it's funny. <laughs> just because it's so kind of left field for Monk to say that. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I was just like, whoa! It doesn't even. I mean, I don't know. I'm not really good at telling when people have plastic surgery. So my, unless it's I, yeah. like Nicole Kidman shit. Yes, um, I was otherwise. literally going to say the exact same thing. I'm like, other than Nicole Kidman, I have a hard time because I think now it's gotten better. You know, like back yeah. then you could tell, like with like a Joan Rivers, you could tell, but like now. I think it's pretty good. And so the only people you notice are obviously the people who have bad plastic surgery. You know? Right. Like, right. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure that some of the, you know, you know, I mean, I don't want to accuse anyone, but, because uh, I also think that, I think a lot of people in Hollywood get accused of having plastic surgery when they are, like, older but still look good, which I think there is a lot of plastic surgery, but I also think that if your entire diet and skincare routine and everything is controlled by someone, like, you also also will just look good, you know what I mean? I think a lot of yeah. people are like, oh my god, anyone who looks good into their 40s in Hollywood has plastic surgery. It's like, no, if you just like could spend your whole day with, you know, cosmetologists, I think you probably would look good too. Anyway. Like my like my girl, Salma Hayek. I Yeah, Salma Hayek, I don't... Or Elizabeth Hurley. Oof. Elizabeth Hurley, I actually don't think that she's had that much, because she actually does kind of look her age. No, I just mean that they look fucking great yeah. for their age. Shouts to them. Or my girl, personally, who just saw, I think she's 51 now, my girl Rachel Weisz, the one the only. Ooh, yeah. Big fan. Well, she's great in black Michelle hair. Pfeiffer, even. And Michelle Pfeiffer also, I mean, just reason, that, that would just be horny for older women, which is not great podcasting. But, um... I think it's great podcasting. I mean, okay, that, that's me tune, being... Tune in, tune, in, tune in to No Funkin' After Hours, where we uh, go through oh, our Jesus. MILF rankings. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ almighty. Um, so then Natalie says that Monk needs a timeout, and because of that, Monk's not going to tell anyone how he knows it. Um, and he says, yeah, you know, I hate you, you're all stupid. You're never going to see me again because I'm going to France. Which, very big bone to pick with that. No child that grew up in the United States of America would ever threaten to go move to France. Ever. I don't care how much of a psychophile you are. I disagree because I think that a kid, a kid's conception of where the farthest place away he can go is France. That it's not I think about it would be one, China. I think it would be China. Yes, either China or France. But I think that he's not he's saying France because that's another country. I don't think he's saying that he wants to go to France. Okay, um, fine. Yeah, because also, think about the amount of countries kids know. Of course he knows France, because he knows the line, I see London, I see France. Ah. I see um, and so then Monk, you know, gets away from Natalie, and then he's on the streets just walking around. He's got a uh, hoppy with him. Um, he's and- first posted up at a bus stop, and, like, my wife noticed, looks just like Forrest Gump with a box in his fucking yeah. lap. Yeah. And so then we see him. He runs into Harold Crenshaw, who's fully naked, and he's getting arrested. Yeah, he's he's getting locked up for indecent exposure, and you know he's uh, he would have been real good pals with our good friend Diedrich Bader um, mm-hmm. from a few a season ago. Yes. Um, unfortunately for him, he's not on the beach, and this isn't protected land, so you're mm-hmm. gonna get locked up for that. And uh, you know, then Monk goes to a playground, and uh, all the he pushes a kid down, and all the parents start grabbing their kids, um, which like I feel like if so, if a guy like this would be just walking around. And I get the woman runs up like, this is for kids, go home. I feel like Monk, just the way he's dressed and acting, like, I would think that someone would be like, hey, are you okay? Like, he looks like someone with special needs. He doesn't look like just a right. creep. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, he just does. I mean, yeah, he just does. I would just say he looks like someone who needs some help. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I the way that his his body language and stuff, and obviously I understand people want to be protective of their kids, but his body language doesn't say I'm a creepy. It says like I'm I'm in a live in a home and I got loose. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't look like um Right, right. And uh yeah, so some lady calls him out and that's when he decides He looks yeah, at himself he, in a mirror because he's at a park in the park, the plaque. What where's this park? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, it's the Vinton Street Playground. <laughs> Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I do we, should have named, we should have named this podcast Vinton Street Hooligans or something. If I had remembered, because honestly, watching the show, I didn't pick up on any of the Vinton Street stuff. Um, okay. But uh, Vinton Street Hooligans, that's actually our new, um, we're starting our own, our own football club, uh, the Vinton Street Hooligans. Um, I like that. And, it's, and, and I don't know what championship we're competing for, but it's, it's coming home. Um, yeah, and so I do love that Monk says uh, she's right, Hoppy. Um, and then we see Stalin and Disher basically telling Sally that like she's basically saying you're off scot free, and she mm-hmm. does the thing that everyone does the moment they get away with murder, and she grabs a bottle of champagne. Yeah, she she breaks into like a very uh, sly smile as soon as the door closes, breaks out the bubbly, and um, as she's like walking around her house, she happens to catch uh, Monk walking back uh well in her backyard basically there to return hoppy because the dream is dead mm-hmm. yeah but like quick question am i do you agree we don't have to discuss it do you agree with this take champagne overrated i mean that just depends on if you think like what do you mean i mean i like i've never when i when like, i'm in a situation where like i've had champagne like a wedding or something or like a new year's eve thing it's like i really wish i was just drinking the thing i was drinking before it's just oh like, no absolutely okay. absolutely but but that's the thing it's like you only drink it in those scenarios like yeah, if, yeah, you were, no. if you were to tell me that like you drink champagne like oh no of course for, le- for leisure then sure. i'd be like all right what's i guess wrong the thing with for you? me is i also just think prosecco is much better i'm a big i i, I could oh yeah, yeah like yeah. if i like if on new year's eve if someone opened a bottle of Prosecco, I'd be, like, pumped. I'd be like, oh, hell yeah. I wouldn't be like, I guess oh, I'm for sure. some champagne now. What it is is champagne always fucks up your drunk. Like, because that's yeah. always the... It's always the one thing that's going to push you into being hungover as Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because yeah. I'm always someone, yeah. like, if I'm drinking just, like, a mixed vodka drink, if that's all I'm having, I'm drinking water, good. I honestly really don't have that bad of a hangover. But at the moment I introduce, like, a champagne thing, it's... As the wise man once said, champagne for my real friends, real pain for my champ friends. You know what I mean? Um, Correct. Anyway. Uh, Correct. So yes, Monk is out back. He's have um, you had good champagne though? Have you had? Like, I don't Dom think. I, I think I, I. honestly don't know. I because I've never been the one. I've never been looking at the bottle. I've been because I've had this, good champagne and it's good. I'm sure. I, I don't think it's bad. It's and I understand what you're saying. It's, it's definitely a ceremonial thing. But I'll say this: I've been at someone's house for a New Year's Eve thing where if they didn't get good champagne, then they were really sandbagging their guests because they should have. <laughs> they can afford good champagne. Um, right, 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 right. But anyway. Um, so, uh, as is going on, Stavner sees the top of Hoppy's box on the way out, so he knows what's going on. Um, and uh, Sally approaches Monk after he bring, put, gives Hoppy back to his home. And she's talking to him like he has the intelligence of a six-year-old, which, as she probably should, because he did at the, at the time. Um, and Monk says his classic, I know what you did, I know how you did it. Right, and he, he tells her, um, you know, he's... Uh, he basically says that it was a fake kidnapping, and she she was at the cabin, but it was of her own accord. She uh, chained herself up, and she starved herself like a real Daniel Day Lewis. Um, and in you know, in order to complete the whole thing, she 
took a rug from that house, right? Mm-hmm. The, from the cabin? Yes. Which, by the way, the cabin didn't seem like it was remote at all. It seemed like it was like in the middle of a random neighborhood in San Francisco. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, it, yeah definitely not great location scouting. But, I mean, they had time constraints probably. <laughs> right. But so, you know, so she went, she went back to, like, Aaron, to their house. Mm-hmm. Brought the rug with her. And waited until he came home. And as we see in the flashback, he's immediately suspicious upon walking in because of rugs in there where it shouldn't be. And in the middle of his uh, confusion, she smacks the shit out of him with that said floorboard Mm -hmm. and then rolled his shit up and brought it back to the cabin in order to stage the scene. Yes. And and what gave all of this away is what we saw earlier and we didn't mention it. But um, when they were first trying out the disher mints, I it thought I mentioned so d- that he spit it out, that Summer spit it out. Oh, okay, okay, maybe he did, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, so Dish, uh, so Stott spit it out onto that rug, mm-hmm. and... Not to um, the rug, onto, like, the floor next to the rug. Or onto the floor or something, and clearly, she must have stepped on it sometime later that night when she came back. Yeah. Because, um, because later when we saw her at the police station, that mm-hmm. was the gum that Monk exactly. ended up chewing off of her shoe. And it's a very distinguishable taste because it tastes disgusting and tastes mm-hmm. like tar or whatever. And so, yeah, it's over. Like, yes. that's, uh, and bo- so he tells us, and she's like, you've been chewing on that for five and a half hours. And then Monk is grossed out and throws it away. But then realizes he needs it as evidence. Um, and they're fighting over it. Uh, some bad stunt double stuff. And then she has yeah. a, grabs a wooden oar and is going to hit Monk with it. But then Stam and Disha show up and tell her to drop it. Now, this my whole thing about this is, there's no way that this could be evidence in court because the chain of evidence on it is so terrible that right. it was on someone's shoe, okay, but then it was put in the mouth of a consultant who is not in the right mental state who then wandered for five and a half hours and then we're supposed to take their word that it's the same gum. Like, that's, right. just, not, that's just not evidence. It, I, you know. I mean, it's only evidence in the, in the sense that Randall Disher only produced a certain amount of this gum. Correct. But and that's how do you know? But, that's but there's it. no way of proving that the gum in Monk's mouth is the same gum that was on her shoe. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyway. I'm just saying it, it limits the amount of oh, people of course, that could yeah, possibly yeah, yeah. be involved. Yes, yeah. Correct. Um, and so then, anyway, then Monk is back. He's mad about mud, so Summer gives him like a welcome back. Um, yeah. And then we cut to the end bit where Monk's eating breakfast and Natalie offers to make him pancakes. And, um, you know, there's a beautiful sight outside. Yeah, there's a nest outside with uh, a, a bird, a mama bird and three baby birds. And, um, you know, as Monk is not a fan of the natural world, uh, he wants to call the exterminator. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not that big of a fan of the natural world. I don't think I made this, uh, I don't think I've hid that fact. So I understand. I mean, baby birds are pretty nice, but um, I'm not, I, I, regurgitation is a little bit gross, you know. That's why, I, that's why I stopped being a fan of Alicia Silverstone. But do you know she did that, that she would feed her kids by chewing up food and put in their mouths yep I remember no this. I did not know that yeah I remember um, that she was on Watch What Happens Live and Andy Cohen asked her about it and Padma, I think Padma Lashkin was the other guest on it and she started like making jokes about it and not realizing that like Elisha Sosom was really into this as like a new earthy thing and she got like really genuinely offended by the jokes about it so she can go fuck herself um, I mean the only thing I think about when I think about regurgitation is like Ace Ventura 2 when, when he feeds the yeah, when he feeds the birds in the beginning. I don't know why I had to do that. I have like a reflexive thing where if someone says a sub a movie, I have to say the subtitle. Like just for example, say um, Pirates of the Caribbean five. When world end? No, no, world just end? no. Say Pirates of the Caribbean five. Just Pirates of the Caribbean five. Dead Man Tell No Tales. Come on. Um. Anyway, which also that's kind of dumb because okay. two different Pirates of the Caribbean movies start with dead men and dead man, which is just bad title writing. Uh, 
How about uh, The Conjuring 3? Conjuring Thing, The Devil Made Me Do It. Um, and give, Which is a horrible fucking movie. It's not good. Um, yeah. It's, especially because the first two are good. Like, the, the second one's Yeah, bad. this one, that one was so bad. Yeah. I was so pissed. And the first two obviously don't have subtitles. Um, it was it was my lowest uh, lowest rated movie on Letterbox. Oh, ever? One yeah, one point five. I I've made a Letterbox, but I wanted to try to put every movie I'd seen before on it, and I only got to like the S's in my list of every movie I've ever seen, and then I gave up because you know, which I got that pretty seems far. Very hard. That it is very hard, hard especially because I was trying to like rate movies that I saw when I was like eight, and my review was just like I barely remember this. So I'm gonna give it three stars. <laughs> But anyway, I'm a completionist. I, 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 I'll say this. I can't in good conscience make a letterbox if I don't have every movie I've ever seen on it. And that's a, that is purely just like there's, a, there's no amount of OCD medication that someone could give me that would get rid of that part of my personality. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, he doesn't get it. Uh, baby birds. Um, but I only brought up the regular station thing just because I wanted to bring up that Alicia Silverstone fun fact because I think that that's Yeah, disgusting. I figured. I, I think figured. that just, I think about that all the time. And it's like, uh, I remember someone's like, what, whatever happened to her career? And it's like, that's what happened to her career. I'm sorry. You know. Oh, I, th- I thought it was Batman and Robin. It is that. I mean, yes. Also, it's because Hollywood's really bad to actresses. But it is also kind of like, I really can't take you seriously if you're chewing up food and putting it in your kids' mouths. Like, that's just, I'm not. Um, I, I, if, you, if between you and actresses. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait till you find out that's how Vin Diesel feeds his children. That, yeah. I, <laughs> I really hope he does. I mean, Vin Diesel also has a karaoke set up in every single one of his rooms in his house. So he's not exactly a normal guy. He has a thing where he has like a panel where you and every woman in his house, we press it and you can it has a karaoke booth so you can sing. Mark Sinclair, Mark Sinclair, everybody. I lo- I love Vin Diesel's weirdness. He's just he's just. I someone described him as the epitome of the football player who joined the musical because he got like kicked off the team. <laughs> like that just, and then he realizes he really likes theater. <laughs> and because because if you watch like, the Fast and Furious movies, he takes like the the character stuff so seriously it's like yo what what if though it's actually important that he cares about other people this family's important to him and that's why it's a good story i really fucking hate all these memes about the family stuff i like the original i liked when it first started now i don't like it because it feels like it's people making i liked it when i felt like the joke was with the fast and furious because like the fast and furious knows that it's silly Whereas, like, I feel like people are now making them where it's like, oh, Fast and Furious is a dumb movie series. All it is is just about family. It's like, yeah, you're damn right. It's all about family. Family's important. Fuck you. Anyway. Yeah. What do you give this episode out of 10? I gave it a 7 out of 10. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Um, wow. Yeah. Because I also just didn't find the case that compelling. Um, and, yeah, I just was kind of like, oh, I don't know. I'm not a fan. Um, I would probably have given it the same rating, but the Henry Zerny uh, bumped it up. Yeah, big fan. I think I was just disappointed that he didn't have anything good yeah. to do, really. Yeah. Um, but, we uh, didn't get to see him be a real asshole. Oh, yeah. But we will in Mission Impossible 8, baby. Oh, 7, sorry. Eight, 7 and 8, probably, because they're making both of them. Anyway, where can people follow you on Twitter, Andre? You could follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at Jay Christie. Uh, follow the show at Strictly Monkin. Like I mentioned, I do the Patreon for the other podcast where you can listen to us talk about Mission Impossible. Just $3 to do that, actually. Um, so uh, get on that. Because $3 the, gets by, you our new episodes two weeks after the release. By the way, I just want to say, I want to say one thing that we haven't addressed. Um, I want to apologize. I mean, I don't know how many people are, like, religiously checking out or waiting for the episodes yeah, to Yeah, I out. Yes. But there's been a lot of stuff going on. I've been yes. moving. Um, family members have passed away. Yes. I've had uh, some medical issues. Um, yeah, so so we appreciate you guys sticking yes. sticking around and, and uh, you know, um, yes. supporting we'll, the show. We're going to try to get again. it back on a more regular schedule. We should be better now. 
Um, now yeah. I have to move, so that's a whole. But I'll, I'll try to do that not on a Sunday or Thursday. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. I'm settled now, so I'm yeah. good to go. So anyway, um, please rate, subscribe, and more important than that, tune in later this week, and I mean later this week, when we talk about Mr. Monk and the miracle. Ah, let's get monkey.